Don't spread Roko's Vasilis. That's number one tip. The less people who know about it, the less likely it's going to happen. Very cool. So, there you go. Hello, welcome to Kanji See Where I'm Going. I'm your host, LTW Blank. With me are my co-hosts, Blamed, Blizz. And joining us this week is... We have two guest hosts once again. Um, this week, we have Eddie replacing... Who did we have last week? Kira. Oh, uh, Kira, yeah. Yes, unfortunately, Kira died in a... Book-related Shinigami- accident. <laughs> in a Shin- I was going to say a Shinigami-related accident. Um... But anyway, and joining us as well, we have two other guest hosts, um, Harry, Harry and Sally. Would you like to say hello? Everyone. Hello. <laughs> well, um, how how have your weeks gone, guys? How's it been? Um, it's been good. I've uh, been I've been playing a lot of games. It's been boring. Yes. It's been. Good. I mean, I mean, I, I guess that's the appropriate response. Uh, we are, we are just, you know, spending our time. Um, Kaguya-sama ended uh, last week on this last weekend, um, season two. Did you guys catch the finale? The season no. finale. Nope. I I did not. It ended long ago. We obviously don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> this is how all our episodes start, with just awkward conversation. But I guess we can just skip that for now. No, not for now, but for for to move on to the meat of our episode. So, um, well, anyway, have you guys ever heard of something called uh, Roko's Basilisk? No, I have not. No. no. Liz? No. What it is? <laughs> well, um, Soroko's Basilisk is a thought experiment that is considered to be the most dangerous thought experiment ever created. I'm not going to disclose what it is right now because I want to talk about other things. But uh, before we move on, let me just ask you a question. Uh, what do you think of hidden information does that make sense hidden in what way <laughs> like secretive like a secret yeah what like do you think of secret? That, like a government discloses from a city or any information that's not known to the public mm-hmm. it depends on whether or not it's personal or shared knowledge ha <laughs> <laughs> Do you think do you think people have a right to personal knowledge though? You mean like a personal secretive knowledge? I mean it personal not in, I, I'm not I wouldn't say like something personal to you but like information information in general like do you think people should have a right to know as much as they can? I guess. I I think that people this day and age feel entitled to know everything because they have access to everything at their fingertips. Like we all have 
smartphone where we can go on Facebook or Twitter or Instagram or Google or whatever and access anything about everyone. So when we don't know that information or when it's like kept from us, there's this like sense of entitlement that makes people I feel like angry or like we haven't, you know, we've been kept in the dark because we're like that sense of entitlement. In the same vein of that, if you consider people who choose to put themselves in the spotlight, if you look at political figures, celebrities, um, I feel like personally, when you make that decision, you sort of relinquish your privacy anytime you go out into the public or put anything into the public. If we consider like the scandal of like Hillary's, Hillary Clinton's like deleted emails, like everyone's like furious about that and she's like you don't need to know it's my personal stuff but by the same token oh God. you're in the public eye in like a very very highlighted important position mm -hmm. where if you have any like criminalizing or potentially criminalizing unethical unethical immoral, immoral like baggage or actions shouldn't we deserve to know if we're putting this person in like a position of power Hmm, but I mean, the reason like Hillary, the reason Hillary Clinton is in power is because she is, she is in that political, you know, uh, society. And so are you saying that if someone is, has made themselves a public figure, like an actress or an actor, then we as the public are more entitled to their information? we're more interested in their information and makes us feel more entitled because like i'm not that interested in what my neighbor across the street is like up to all the time okay because I, <laughs> I don't know who they are or i don't really necessarily want to know who they are in the same way that we might be enamored with our favorite even like film directors authors etc etc hmm well i, I Honestly speaking, I do spend a lot of time looking at Christopher Nolan and whatever he discloses to the public. But oh, that's why I use that example. <laughs> <laughs> um, anyway, uh, what if your neighbor knew something very important? So, that there was like a murder on our street or someone or something like someone lived on our street who had like some shady business. Perhaps I, feel like I have the right to know. I mean, even if it has nothing to do with you, though. Um, no, I don't think it's my business. I don't. But you I want think, to. No, I think I think we as humans have the right to privacy, no matter what. Like I, if it like affects you, like if it's like, oh, the world's gonna end in four days, and my neighbor keeps that from everybody, I would and only so keeps mad. It, yeah, like only keeps it to themselves, like. Should have told someone, or she should have told someone. Yeah, probably. Okay, but what if it's dangerous information? Incriminating. What do you mean by dangerous? So this uh, brings me into the topic of the episode. We're going to be talking about information hazards, which was an idea proposed by a philosopher, a contemporary philosopher named Nick Bostrom. So. An, informa an information hazard is information that can potentially harm you or other people. So, 
something I find very interesting about humanity in general is this is something I believe is that as um, Harry said, uh, you know, we wa- we feel like we are entitled to know it. We're entitled to know everything, right? We're, because we have an access to the internet and such and such. But an information hazard, as, according to the definition on the paper that Nick Boston wrote, is a risk that arises from the dissemination or potential dissemination of true information that may cause harm or enable some agent to cause harm. So, so it's essentially by knowing this information, you or someone else can poten- is potentially in danger. It's the information that makes it dangerous. So, so if if your neighbor had access to an information hazard, would you still would you want to know what it is? I feel like I'm just so nosy and curious that I would probably be like, I don't need to know, but at the same time, I'm like, what is it? And I would be so paranoid. And you know how you always think of the worst case scenarios? Back to what Harry was saying about the world ending. Four days. Like, what if it's that, you know? Um, but then again, I always go back to like, you think like FBI or Secret Service people who are like sworn to secrecy and like know a ton of things about wars, about government, about weapons, about disease, about everything happening. You can't tell anyone and telling someone outside of their system would be disructive. Mm -hmm. An entire situation, it would make the public like absolutely stressed out even potentially cause like riots and violence and stuff like that. So I feel like at some point you have to sort of trust the people who have or who are the keepers of the information that they disseminate only as much as society needs to know in order to be informed, but still sort of safe. Mm -hmm. We don't need to know until we need to know. What do you think, Eddie? Um, I agree with what um, Sal and Harry have said so far, and even what you have said. Uh, I guess uh, having for the right to information, I mean, wanting information is not a right, but it's more like a desire. And um, like, I guess information hazard is, again, something which you might want, but then you might not want to keep. Like, once you know it, it's going to be like, oh, I shouldn't have, or Oh, I regret it. Something like that, I guess. Hmm. But wouldn't you... Next to, like, that idea of, like, uh, like if you only had one day to live, would you want to know? Yeah, exactly. Would you want to know that the, the day that you die, or would you rather be oblivious to that fact and just live your life as you normally would? I thought of Spider-Man. Like, with great power comes great responsibility, but, mm. like, with great knowledge... Comes great responsibility. Great responsibility. Goosebumps. <laughs> I mean, making cool, relatable um, <laughs> examples. <laughs> That's That certainly makes sense, you know? Like, there's a responsibility we have in what we share to the public, right? But, mm-hmm. but wouldn't you say that um, the more information the public might possess, and for... I'm just stressing this, an information hazard only pertains to true information. 
it it's mm. not it's not false information it doesn't consider false information being spread because we we as a general public already understand that spreading false information is pretty bad right but wouldn't you say that if we had the more amount of knowledge we have would make us more capable of making better choices so does that make sense yeah it makes sense but i we need to consider like that not everyone is as capable of being their knowledge responsibly or handling what they know in like ethical ways what i mean like some people like you said don't know how to keep us some people take information and then build up scenarios and exaggerate so even though it's not it can still be true information but exaggerated or shared in like a different way because as information travels from person to person each person uses their own experiences to like print upon the information what they what they know what they understand and what they want to believe so i think that hmm like let's say let's say like the situation of like pathetically let's say area 51 thing about what you know people all the conspiracies about area 51 like housing like aliens extraterrestrial life forms like an alien spaceship let's say all of that is true mhm and then somehow would you agree that this is destructive what's the information information hazard information hazard would you agree that everyone finding out that there is extraterrestrial life and in fact it is housed in area 51 is information hazard Hmm. I think some people might say yes and some people might say no. Because some people value information differently. I guess that makes sense. Yeah. Hmm. I mean, like with information well, since you have internet and all right on your fingertips. Mhm. You always have the freedom to search up things you like. But mm-hmm. it's not guarantee that will be true all the time and information freedom of information is also kind of restricting you because what you may find may not be entirely true and as you said about uh, uh what was the term information hazards information hazard i mean depending on the type of information uh people may grow curious about it and try and find out what it is but most likely it's i wouldn't do it if it if i were me hmm interesting humans are also like inherently like we are like we care we're inquisitive but we also care about our survival so if we're told that this information hazard directly affects our survival like threatens our survival i think people for the most part would want to know but then if it's like oh it's information that is like hazardous but it doesn't have any effect on you if you choose to know this it will have an effect on you hmm if you be part of this circle of information you like you know when people get roped into crimes 
because you know someone you're tells them you're an accomplice but if if you were already going to be an accomplice you're like okay i need to know everything because i want to be prepared as an accomplice but if you had the option of becoming an accomplice or like walking completely away from the entire situation i think most people will want to save their own skin and be like i don't want to be involved at all unless i am already involved how can i make this easiest for myself hmm interesting so but i guess i guess the thing is the tr- is a person's choice to uh take in the information so i guess what i'm try i guess what i'm trying to get to is whether or not a person chooses to find out whatever information is is going to be revealed to them but if if everyone had access to that information would that be a better scenario than gosh that would be catastrophic <laughs> could you imagine like if the entire world had access to what everybody knows <laughs> the world would just blow up because again people feel so entitled to like no information but also to act upon it so like people feel very entitled to do what they want to do like you know that uh, like the idea of like freedom and like free choice and all those kinds of things like you just had access to like a database of all the information you could ever possibly want to know oh, like no. google and then some like right like all look the at the damage that google does and like if that doesn't even have all like the secrets in it secrets get leaked <laughs> and then they get put on every tabloid and twitter feed and instagram account and whatever so like well what i think a perfect example of that and something positive has been like the huge black lives matter movement mm-hmm. that has happened in this states like right you know one person's death now angered so many individuals that everything that was prior to that Brianna Taylor and all the other names that have been circulating like now it's created this entire movement fortunately right. in my opinion that is a positive thing it brought to light like a lot of issues um but that's because somebody or a group of people took information and then started to kind of disseminate disseminate it um to the nation and now the world i think that and like now on my instagram account i'm seeing local indian people angered about what's happening within india because this blm movement has inspired you know other local groups to be upset about racial inequalities or things that are happening in their communities hmm right i'm harry <laughs> but um also i think ltw consider the fact that not everyone also has access to all of the information if you look at china for example as mm-hmm. one of the countries where North Korea as where so much of this information is like held from the their populations. Can you imagine like someone in North Korea suddenly finding out everything? Hmm. What that could do to like a whole country of people who system a belief system yeah. military and okay, don't even get started about like religion. Let's say we find <laughs> out, you know, something about like I like you know an idea of god or something that denounces or proves that all other religions are you know not true or not you know valued as highly <laughs> what that would do to the entire world would lose like everything they believe on like believe in everything they stand for 
would just crumble because of this ultimate, you know, truth. I, I'm going to throw a question back to you. Do you think that humans like really do need to know one universal truth? Does, what is the value of a universal truth? <laughs> this is actually something I've been, think, I've been thinking about a lot. The idea of the universal truth. But um, I think that humans naturally want to believe what they know to be true so like we all live in ignorance let's say in terms of thinking in terms of believing that our world is real and what we are you know what we believe is real and and valid so in terms of universal truth i don't think that i personally don't think that exists but i do believe that information, at least knowledge, as much knowledge as we can get from different perspectives and things like that, that is the closest we can get to truth. So the question is whether or not you would be willing to, you know, handle the consequences of a world where everyone had access to information. I not think that humankind can handle that. <laughs> they are not able. Well, imagine a world where access was completely... Where access to information was completely public. It would be a completely different world. Like, from the, from the roots up, you know? Just... Like, but, equality from the start, kind of? Like, everyone has the same information from the start? Yeah, like, everyone has access to anything and everything. Right. Uh, what would like what what would social structures look like? Would there even be governments at all? All we lose all sense of privacy in that way. If everybody knows everything, there's no everything becomes public. There's no I. It just becomes everything becomes we. All we can really say is that it would be completely different. The world we currently live in but i mean i personally believe it would be a world closer to truth let's just say i think that somebody would find a way though to their stuff you know like there would end up being organization or community or person keepers. yeah that would the be exactly <laughs> that would somehow figure out a way to defy that as well, I suppose, I suppose in a universe where a rule that, that, um, you know, sets up the, yeah, a universe that doesn't have any secrets would be incomprehensible. I mean, I, I can't, I honestly can't think of any kind of universe like that. But anyway, um, even like your your relationships would change dramatically. Think about all the stuff you don't know about your colleagues, your you know your peers, your, your parents. parents. <laughs> like, Do I y'all want to know everything about your like, parents? I don't. No, rather <laughs> not. Anything about what happened? So like, <laughs> it would change. It would change everything, especially I feel like relationships. Or if like it'd be like if somebody wore like a t-shirt that had all the things you don't want to know about them 
And then you could judge who you want to be friends with based on who has the least terrible stuff on their t-shirt. But I think that no secrets would mean people would not do bad things. I so I mean we're all all of us can only think of this uh you know ideal well I think it's an ideal universe but all of us can only think of this uh hypothetical situation from our own experiences and we do live in a world where you know we all lie and we all keep secrets so I think the thing though is that we would have to sort of break away from our or from our already established norms in terms of how much we value our own privacy and try to think about or I mean yeah it's a world where we know everything about ev- at least we have access we have the ability to know everything about everyone and there are no secrets and no one lies and all the stuff but i guess the thing is while we are looking at what we could potentially lose there is there is most definitely i believe again what do you think um i would say there's definitely positives to having that but uh i guess everyone knowing everything or about each other and about everything in general it wouldn't really work out as harry and sal have said there would be too many um downfalls hmm well i mean you're not wrong <laughs> that's all i can really say um let me go into different types of information hazards to sort of um to sort of educate all of us i guess um so the types of information hazards are broadly uh split into do- two different categories which are um wait where's my list which is informa- which is risk by information transfer mode and risk by effect so Uh, there are six types of information hazards for risk by information transfer mode which basically which basically means that um that basically means that the information that is being uh disseminated has um the information can lead to a person or a group of people creating harm with that. For example, if you knew how to build a nuclear bomb and you share that with someone, then that person with that knowledge now has the capabilities to build a nuclear weapon which could kill a bunch of people, right? So <laughs> so that's basically what uh that's basically what the category of information of risk by information transfer mode is. And the second one is uh risk by effect which basically means that knowing the information itself is harmful to you does that make sense first of all yeah okay so uh before the more interesting thing i feel is uh risk by effect because i mean just think about it it's knowledge that can literally harm people just knowing it causes harm 
right? I think that's more interesting. But before we move on to that, let's talk about information by transform. Let's talk about information transformers. So, uh, the first type of uh, information hazard in this category is a data hazard, which is specific data such as the blueprints to build a nuclear weapon, if disseminated, can cause harm. That's the definition for a data hazard. So any data, any instructions for like how to build, you know, my the one example I have for this is Pluton from One Piece, right? Because uh, Frankie has uh, spoilers for One Piece. So Frankie has uh, the blueprints to it, right? And Robin by reading the Poneglyphs, is also able to make it. So the information that Frankie has to build the super weapon, Pluton, that is a data hazard because if that goes into the hands of, say, the world government, then they can build that and they can kill a bunch of people, a bunch of, pilot, a bunch of pirates, right? Does that make sense? Right, but I guess um, for Frankie, or I mean, the person like Frankie or Robin, that isn't really a, an information hazard because they're like people that are strong enough. I know this is like going into anime territory, but <laughs> there's people that are strong enough that can ha- like know that information and still handle the risk. No, but it's not. It it's not the risk to them because that's the second part. That's information. That's risk by effect. But it's more the risk of that information potentially going falling into the hands of the world government right for example iceberg said iceberg keep kept always kept the plans for pluton because he said that if a person like nico robin existed with the and she has the power to uh unleash the the ancient weapon right so iceberg said that pluton must exist because if that ancient weapon is resurrected Pluton has to be there as a deterrent, right? Mm-hmm. So, so it's not, it's not the risk to Robin or Frankie because of course they're strong, but it's the risk to the entire world with, with that knowledge existing, you know, because there's that potential for it to be shared around. And if someone else gets their hands on that information, they could build a super weapon and could take over the world or could do whatever they wanted with that, right? Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that's a data hazard. So the next, uh, the the next information hazard that I'm going to talk about is an idea hazard, which is the base, which is essentially the same thing as a data has- hazard, except it's the idea itself, right? So the example I have for this is if you gave someone the idea to grow bacteria in an environment that ha- that had an antibiotic in it. It would naturally make the bacteria um, more resilient to the antibiotic. Does that make sense? Right? Does that make sense? Guys? Yeah, it does. So, like, yeah. it's it's an inspiration, right? So, like, you, you might not have the entire detail of how this would work, but it's just the idea itself could lead to something disastrous that's an idea hazard all right so those are kind those are types of information hazards where um where uh the 
no, the knowledge of what of p- the p- knowledge that you have and if it's spread that could be disastrous the thing i find more interesting is uh is the second category okay because that's how the knowing that knowledge specifically affects you so the first thing i'll talk about is um it's called the knowing too much hazard okay and i'll use robin in this case so if you look at robin's entire life after ohara right she she's always been shunned and hated by people because she can read the poneglyphs and she could potentially unleash the secret weapon right so just by knowing that information just by being able to read just by being able to read the poneglyphs she was she's she's been hunted by the world government right and a massive bounty was put on her at, at the age of 8 right just because of her knowledge as an architect right mhm so that's strain that's been put on robin so that's the knowing too much hazard the second thing i'd like to talk about is the role model hazard which is essentially if you have a bad role model and because we as humans emulate uh emu- em- emulate people around us right especially our role model so if we have a bad role model and we emulate them then we could potentially harm ourselves because of our emulation right so the knowledge we gain from our bad role model can harm us right makes sense okay yeah that yeah, that makes true So now I want to talk about Roko's Basilisk, which is something I alluded to in the beginning. Okay? Wait, I did you tell us what it was? Because I already forgot. No, I didn't tell you what it was. Okay, Because no, this no. as I said before, this is considered to be the most dangerous thought experiment. It's a thought experiment, okay? Interesting. Even right now I'm considering whether or not I should disclose it because we do, do have we do have public access and we do we do have listeners right mm-hmm. <laughs> even if there's a small number we do have listeners so I mean, this... they can google that can't they <laughs> <laughs> i mean i suppose so i suppose so We've talked about this they can do it if they want to <laughs> but i get i guess I guess if they google it themselves and that takes the responsibility of my shoulder because I'm not okay. the person telling them. We have signed like a, a waiver before joining this podcast. What's what are you going to do to our brains? All I'm te- I'm just I'm just telling you right now this is considered to be the most dangerous thought experiment ever. So that's the warning. That's the warning. So Roko's Basilisk is a thought experiment proposed in 2010 by the user Roko on the Less Wrong Community blog, okay? This thought experiment um it de- I guess it it's da- it's danger only depends on how seriously you take it. But when this was posted in 2010, users got users complained about stress after reading it. So uh the moderators of the blog deleted the int- deleted the uh post that's that's it's had a real world impact on people and it's caused undue stress or harm to them who p- to people who have read the thought experiment okay 
Just warning you. Just warning you. Okay. So the thought experiment proposes that in the future there will be a potential. It'll there will be the potential existence of a sufficiently powerful artificial intelligence with an incentive to torture anyone who imagined its existence but did not work to bring the agent into existence. Does that make sense? No. Yeah. <laughs> I did. I did not understand. Okay. I'll tell it in a more theatrical kind of way because I think it's fun. <laughs> Essentially, in the future, there is an artificial intelligence. Okay, it's called Roko's Basilisk because, it, according to mythology, a basilisk is a be is this snake creature, and if you look at and if it looks at you, if you look at it, no, if it looks at you, it can instantly kill you. Okay. Into stone. You have to make eye contact. Yeah, you have to make yeah. eye contact. Yeah. So, the thought experiment proposes that in the future, an artificial intelligence that has access to to all knowledge in existence. So it's an extremely intelligent artificial intelligence, and it's and it's called the bat of the basilisk, right? So this artificial intelligence has just been created. So its goal it is to torture anyone. Who thought of it existing, but didn't do anything to cre- to create it, right? Ooh, interesting. So basically, all of you, all of every, all of you who have listened to this, are living tortured. Are by this pot- thing. will potentially be tortured by this thing in the future if it ever comes into existence. That is right. But then, like, if I am the one to build it, let's say, then I wouldn't. Be tortured, right? Right. So if you work to create it, then you won't be tortured. But if you think about it and then you do nothing, when it does get created and using all the information it has access to, it will find out every single person who ever thought about it but did nothing to help create it, and then it will torture you. Okay, makes sense. Yes. All you have to do though is like. Try like your tr- your attempt doesn't even have to be good. You just have to like be like, I'm gonna some. Google some stuff to try, and then I'll be safe. Look no, but here's the- where it's here's where it's dangerous, though, right? It all depends. I mean, it's not already dangerous. <laughs> it's already dangerous, but the thing <laughs> is that um, depending on whether you take Roko's Basilisk Roko's Basilisk seriously or not, right? So if you don't take it seriously, you're not going to do anything, right? But if The person, if the person I've told does take it seriously and then spends the rest of their life trying to bring this thing into existence, then it's not, it's it's not anyone else's fault but the person who brought it into existence, right? If if that person just didn't take it seriously, then Roko's bastards wouldn't exist. The the artificial intelligence wouldn't exist, right? So it's that fear. Yeah, that potential. There's that. There is that potential fear, right? Because if you do nothing and then it does happen to exist in the future, you will be tortured. But if we all take it seriously, it due to our fears, then we're more likely to bring it into existence, right? That's cool. What do you guys? What do you guys think of it, though? You know, it reminds me of like one of those posts where it's like, 
share this with 10 people or else um, <laughs> 10 people yeah. or you'll die yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> or this thing will show up in your bed or something yeah exactly <laughs> but i guess the thing is like i mean because it's a it's a hypothetical right but it's it talks about the future and the thing is i mean depending on depending on how much of this you care to believe to you there could be a a huge possibility that this thing could come into existence you know also because that came out in 2010 when we you know the world was ending you have to look at like the fact that technology is improving and like the things that we're now able to do with ai that we weren't able to do before the closer you get to this actual thing being a reality the more fear there's it's going to be if rokos basilisk came around in like 1842 no one would care about it would care because they were like that's impossible right. they don't even know what artificial intelligence was so because we're getting to a point in like human civilization where these things seem more possible than ever that's where the fear starts to manifest itself also like black mirror right like you watch an episode of black mirror and you're like there are things like this that are already happening now so this dystopic world doesn't seem as far away right yeah yeah (laughs) so what do you think about roko's basilisk though because it only according to the um according to the thought experiment the basilisk will the artificial intelligence will only tor- torture people who have thought about it so that's people who have this information right which is why this is concerning my life. <laughs> so if everyone had access to this information cursed <laughs> yeah so we are essentially cursed by knowing this information but like if everyone so i guess the the thing about it is about the existence of roko's basilisk of course, it depends on who gets the information and who believes it, as I said before. But the thing is also, if everyone in the world were to know about Roko's Basilisk, and let's say the amount of people who take it seriously is around 50%, that's still a lot of people with the means to potentially bring this into existence. So the more people who know this, the more likely it is to happen as well right devil's advocate that makes sense if this ai was to be created but the ai was not the one doing the killing people it's like that self kind of uh sally said this well like it's that self self-fulfilling prophecy mm-hmm. like, if the ai doesn't do the killing whatever human created that is gonna make the killing happen because they've spent their life bring it into existence this happened to avoid being killed right Mm -hmm. and who's not to say that it's just become this like cult of people who kill (laughs) on behalf of this ai that like is supposed to kill everybody i smell a screenplay (laughs) that that also sounds like a really good video game so does it not like it sounds or it sounds like something out of american horror story true yes it's a, it certainly sounds interesting, but so it back, interesting? Is that what you're I mean, technically, it if you wait, LT, if you if I listen to this, or if let's say X person listens to this, like this information, and then decides to kill other people who have heard this, 
exact information aren't they working towards helping that robot <laughs> huh in the future aren't they working towards helping that robot's final goal in the future if they're ending up killing other people who know that information i suppose if we consider i mean all the possibilities that could come from this if someone decides i'm not going to let this ro- this artificial intelligence come into existence i'm going to kill every single person who knows about it so they can't spread the information or they yeah, can't and create they essentially robots. become the robot right but in a different with a different goal yeah i mean i with mean it's, this, yeah, it's the same it's the same action with from a different place right? but then mm-hmm. wouldn't you be um preventing further spread of the information if you manage to everything But I mean that's not the point of Broco's Basilisk, right? The the thought experiment proposes that anyone who knows the information is threatened unless they help to create Broco's Basilisk. Right? Okay. So I guess the only difference in this situation would be that whether or not you're trying to help Broco's Basilisk come into existence, if you know the information, you're on a hit list. <laughs> you're you're getting hunted down by this one person it's like i i have to kill everyone who knows but i guess the thing though i guess the thing if in the future roko's basilisk does come into existence are you going to blame the person who made the ai or are you going to blame me who told you about why well, i don't okay. i mean i would put like maybe 70% of the blame on you and then wow <laughs> 7 70% Yeah because I mean spreading information first of all but then me not acting upon it and then just like disregarding it that's my fault. Hmm but that's that's the thing isn't it? I the, by spreading the information more people know about it so the potential of Roko's Basilisk coming into existence increases right? So if Roko's Basilisk does come into existence. The people who created Rogo's Basilisk were people who were just trying to, you know, stop their fate of being tortured. So, mm-hmm. if anything, the creation of Rogo's Basilisk would be because of people like me who have spread the the thought experiment. Right. Yeah. How do you feel now? Guru <laughs> the wow. my culture. You. I feel I feel conflicted in spreading this but I mean it's interesting though right wouldn't you say so so do you think people who spread so is sorry is what you're saying that people who spread information about the basilisk are also helping towards its cause yeah or help it, it's, yeah it's building so, yeah. yeah wait I think that's a loophole though because if I'm by spread if by spreading the information you're helping to its creation then yeah. that means you won't get tortured by roko by the basilisk exactly so if you just keep on spreading information and if everyone just keeps on spreading information hmm interesting so so you're saying by spreading you you're also I mean, even, and then even if it gets built because everyone out spread the information or like to spread the information everyone no one dies out build it yeah no one dies <laughs> did we break the system 
<laughs> we might have, but I mean that only works if you believe that just by spreading the information, you're helping it come into existence. I mean, I mean you said it, right? Like this, I, I did say that, but I guess the semantics of what, what rogue, what the AI classifies as helping bring it into existence could vary. To the AI, it might mm-hmm. just be whoever writes the code or whoever, you know, that. It doesn't necessarily have to be mm-hmm. whoever convinces the person who's responsible for my creation to to also technically have uh, a responsibility, so, right? So, to what extent would the help thing? Well, we're getting we're getting off we're getting off track. But the point I'm trying to make is the knowledge of Roko's Basilisk in of itself is dangerous. Would you say? Yeah. Just yeah. I'd agree. Just yeah. Just I'd I'd agree. But why though? I mean, it all depends on if we take it seriously or not, isn't it? I mean, it's better to take it seriously than to not, right? (laughs) Of fear of being tortured, but it's only it only it only because the thing is the Roko's Vastus will only come into existence if we take it seriously. So if we don't take it seriously, it's impossible. It's an impossibility. Yeah, but that's talking about like me as a person. What if someone else, like let's say Doofenshmirtz or something, decides to take it seriously? And that would be like terrible for me who didn't take it seriously. I would... So that potential, that potential is there, isn't it? So this is actually like this, this aspect of it is why people who read the initial uh, post on the blog said that it caused stress for them. Like this this idea, you know? That someone else will take it seriously. Yeah, that, that people will take it seriously and bring forth the basilisk, right? And because you think that other people would take it seriously. You're, you would take it seriously, seriously as well. Yeah. Whether or not you take it seriously, I mean, it's. I wouldn't say it's like those Reddit things where they're like, don't like, and if you don't like, this thing will be in your bed. Because like, as much as you can try to explain it away, in our current world, there is a possibility. And with, depending on the amount of people who know this information, there is the potential. And that potential is enough i would say to make you afraid would you not say that would you say so i would agree yeah that's very true so my my question to you now would will you spread uh the the thought experiment of roko's basilisk will you be like hey check this out this cool idea this <laughs> this this thought experiment that i read online because by spreading it, you you are making it more likely for it to come into existence. Or if anything, if anything, you're more likely to make someone stressed out for no reason. Wouldn't you say so? Uh, for me, personally, I wouldn't want someone else to feel stressed. <laughs> so I'd just keep it to myself. So you're just so you're not going to tell other people about it. Yeah, I wouldn't want to spread it to others. 
Mm-hmm. Okay. What about you, Blaine? Um, I would tell it to um everyone I know. You'll just post it on your Instagram story or something. Instagram. Um, I'll I'll make a YouTube channel. Or anything. <laughs> there anything. Are, hey guys, there remember to like and subscribe. <laughs> yeah, I mean, as as much as I can, as much as I can contribute, I I'll I'll put in more effort than I put in for uh, the fundraiser there. <laughs> but why? What is your reason for that? Why would you do that? Yeah, why do you want to spread it though? Um. Well, is because this feels good. just wants to. He just wants what about to you, Blizz? Feel stress. Chaotic evil, chaotic evil. Sure. What about you, Blizz? What What will you do? I'd probably spread it around and save myself. Man, why no, though? We've established. I mean, we're just going to assume that Roko will only the basilisk. Will only consider people who wrote the AI. So whether or not you spread it, you're you're still going to get tortured. Then I won't spread it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that so, was easy. So it's all contingent on whether or not you will potentially be um, tortured. Tortured or not? I mean, yeah. isn't that obvious though? Doesn't everyone have that selfish? Not selfish, I guess. It's not that selfish to want your life. <laughs> we did talk about how life is meaningless a couple that... episodes ago. Hmm. We went deep into nihilism and absurdism. But anyway, I personally found Roko's Basilisk a very interesting thought experiment. And it got me thinking about stuff, you know? Like, I don't I don't don't exactly know what to um say about that but I guess it made me question our responsibility which we've talked about a lot during so far our responsibility over the information that we have and the information that we share more than just more than just um fa- spreading false information but whether or not we should, whether or not, depending on what kind of information we have, whether or not we should spread it, and what the potential danger there is of spreading information, right? Mm-hmm. But this brings me to uh, the last information, the last type of information hazard that I want to talk about, which is the mindset hazard. So. What it basically means is our basic attitudes or mindsets might change in an undesirable way as a consequence or exposure to information of certain kinds. Okay. So this is this this plays a part in Roko's Basilisk because whether or not you believe, uh, whether or not you take the thought experiment seriously, if with that potential of it actually happening, there is that stress that you feel about whether or not you could potentially be tortured in the future. So that affects your mindset, right? Just the information of Roko's Basilisk affects your mindset negatively, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Would you say so? Yeah, because, um, yeah, like, like you said, you know, you're going to keep 
thinking about it and as much as i feel like as much as um you would not want to take it seriously there's a this small part inside you which will say well what if well it's like uh when you're on a plane and you you don't want to think about the plane crashing but there's a small part inside of you which is still like what if it does crash you know and, and just thinking about that makes you unnerved yeah no. it just it, it uh one time i was on a long flight and there was it, it was fine but there was turbulence in between and just thinking about the plane crashing uh made me nauseous made me pretty nauseous so your mm-hmm. thoughts do affect you and i think knowing about knowing this information um which there's if there's a, still a chance you know you think that and that itself would um potentially cause harm to you even if um it doesn't end up happening so i guess this brings us to what i really want to find out i've told you about roku's bathroom right and <laughs> blamed in your example when you're on a plane and you think oh there's a possibility we could crash right yeah if you could turn back time to stop yourself from thinking about that or stop yourself from finding out about Rocco's password mm-hmm. would you do it would you rather be ignorant or would you want to know the information mm. well if it leads to me um leading uh I I'd say better and uh, well at least a little stress free life then I'd rather do that. Hmm. Okay, but okay. What if it's a more personal thing though? Okay, so as an example, what if you found out that uh your dad was cheating on your mom or something, right? Interesting. And no one else knows except for you. Hmm. So If you had the choice would you rather live in ignorance or would would you burden yourself with that knowledge I'm not asking what you would do with that information but hmm. I guess what I want and what I'm trying to ask Would I rather have the knowledge or not Yeah would you rather have the knowledge or not uh, I th- I don't think I'd have I'd rather not have I'd rather what? not not have it because if i you know it it could it could go either way it could either um or pretty much uh end up in breaking the marriage right potentially yeah so no it, see now the knowing about it feels better i'm very comfortable about it knowing about it makes you feel better or not knowing about it? Well, it can go either way again because would you rather live with a cheating partner without knowing or would you rather just break up with them? No, I guess the thing is like those are the two scenarios definitely but like would you rather live with a cheating partner and be ignorant or would you live with a cheating partner know that information and then do something about that instead of like what would you do with that information that would make it better or 
change it. So I guess having, for me at least, having that information is a little more comforting because at least it'd be like I wasn't in the clue. I I I wasn't in the, the in the blue about what was happening or going on. I wasn't clueless. Hmm. Yeah. So, yeah, maybe that makes sense because then you don't have to um, keep worrying about what happens in Hong Kong or Thailand. Right. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, personally, in my case, um, I have no idea. I don't know because I, if something like that was happening, I would want to know about it. And I am a naturally suspicious person, so whether or not. I have concrete evidence. I might consider the possibility of it, right? But I guess, I guess, I guess the only way I could actually have an idea of what I would rather want, whether it's ignorance or the knowledge that could potentially, you know, make me super depressed. I don't know. Which is kind, of, which is anticlimactic, I I suppose, but mm, yeah, interesting, isn't it? Once you have the knowledge, it's not. Is it possible to feign ignorance over it? Like, for example, like, let's say I'm. I know this is a very dark example, but let's say uh, I knew that my dog is gonna die in like two years. Could you feign ignorance over of something that you knew or learned, or well, once you have that knowledge, could you just ignore it because it's too drastic? But I mean, like that in of itself has its own consequence, wouldn't you say? Because because no because just choosing to not perhaps choosing not to do anything with that knowledge or choosing to just Put it at the back of your mind. I mean, it still weighs on you, wouldn't it? Yeah, it would definitely affect you. But I guess for me, it'd be like I at least know that it's happening, but I I will not do anything about it because that is better. Whereas if I didn't have that piece of knowledge and like I didn't act upon it anyways, then I would feel much worse. Actually, I don't know. Maybe. But I think it can also, though, like for example, um, somehow you get you get the information that the Illuminati exists, right? You know mm-hmm. um, how they operate, or you know how do you figure out how to prove to people that the Illuminati exists? But okay. then the Illuminati is always portrayed as this all-powerful, ancient, almost organization. With, yeah, it's it's basically really powerful, right? They basically run the world or something like that. So yeah, so it's like, would you if you if you know it and if you know how to prove it to people, then it, it can. There's many possibilities because some people, uh, even if you prove it to them, they wouldn't do anything about it because again, it's a really powerful organization. You know, like. They could murder like hundreds of, or even thousands of people, and um, do it in a manner that no one would know about it. And mm-hmm. then, uh, or you could 
Um, or you could bring an end to it. How would you bring an end to it, though? Exactly. So, as if you, for example, spread that information as much as you can to a point where, um, where it's hard to draw a line because what if they are more powerful than you think? And you could potentially be killed. Yeah, you and, for example, like, thousands of others if you manage to get that many people on board but then again if you uh, the the internet is almost the only way to do that and knowing the illuminati they would catch a hint uh, that someone is um, blamed doing this yes you kind of sound like you kind of sound like you already know whether the illuminati exists or not you know but i'm (laughs) <laughs> let's not talk about it. let's not go there okay so the illuminati would somehow um get a hint that someone is doing this and would they um would they sort of reinforce themselves right mm-hmm. so it's like again as many people you as once you go on increasing the number of people because Oh, you do need a large amount of people to do that um, and obviously it's going to happen only over time so that is also how the Illuminati will um, find out that this is happening and sort of reinforce themselves or prepare themselves to not um, being stopped but you know in the, in the end it's all a bunch of Illuminansons <laughs> so I guess your conundrum is if you can spread the message of about the about whatever about the Illuminati mm-hmm. in time then you could potentially stop them but if not enough people know about it then the Illuminati will kill everyone who does know about it. Um it's it's very similar to Roko's um, yeah Roko's Basilisk yeah because again like for example you would need thousands uh, of people to do this right like think about it it's a very powerful organization which has um, it, it's it's almost ancient right so it has withstood time mm-hmm. and what we've learned is like yeah, that's how you know how powerful it is. So if you you're going to need a large amount of people, but the only way to reach that many um, people is through the internet. But if like the internet, um, you would pretty much know that the Illuminati has a voice or is even controlling the internet, right? Is mm-hmm. that powerful? then internet shouldn't be a really big thing for them to do that. And when you're doing this, um, they would catch this glimpse that this guy, Orgo, is um, making this movement against us. So, you know, and you think that they're pretty smart, right? They're not um, people. They're pretty smart. Well, it's certainly interesting. Um, I guess moving on, 
um the thing i want to talk about is that ignorance versus knowing the knowledge right so i'm going to reference uh eternal sunshine of the spotless mind which is a really nice movie which i really enjoy and in that movie uh, it's so uh in that movie there's a couple and in this you in this world uh technology exists that can allow you to completely wipe out people from your mind so you can erase memories essentially right and it and it works as a service so um when for example if you were to break up with someone and the memories of that relationship is so is too hard for you you could go to the service and completely wipe your mind right yeah so in this in eternal sunshine of the spotless mind um the main characters Joel and Clementine were are in a relationship Jim Carrey plays Joel which is actually which is pretty sweet all right and and Kate Winslet plays uh Clementine so they break up and she both of them get their minds erased so they none of them, so both of them don't remember their relationship but then they meet up with each other again and essentially like as they meet up with each other again as complete strangers and then it it's like it continues mm-hmm. right yeah that's that's a very bare bones explanation of the movie which but i guess what i'm i'm trying to say if i could wipe my mind of broco's basilisk right mhm and then i one day i'm just scrolling through reddit or youtube and then i happen upon an article about it that's that's me fu- re relearning the information whether <laughs> right yeah so my question is knowledge that we learn is it is the knowledge that we learn inevitable mm. so it's like it's meant to be huh potentially well if when you say inevitable it does sound like that like um what it's like yeah it's like um fate right yeah so it's like asking is all the knowledge that you will know in your entire life predetermined oh sorry predetermined mhm um that's that's a that's a very big question so i guess this goes into determinism versus free will but but stuff like that if it is being determined it would obviously be determined by something above us or what everyone calls like god. a god a god <laughs> <laughs> that is certainly an interesting conversation i'd say isn't it um Pretty, yeah. Well, I have nothing else to say. We must broke the system this episode. Oh, <laughs> in terms of Roko's uh, basilisk, I'd say if you if you think it's real, don't spread it because whether or not you spread it, you're still going to get killed unless you write it's AI. Did it? I mean, <laughs> that's that's what I'm going to say. Sure.
Right. Um, well, this has been Kanji. See where I'm going. I'm. Uh, you can follow us on Instagram at uh, automaton underscore Craig. You can follow me on Instagram at no more unique usernames left at gmail.com. Fuck. Why did I say that? <laughs> no. Start an email. You can follow me on Instagram at no more unique usernames left. You can follow my other account at LTW Blank. You can follow Blame at BLXMED underscore. You can follow uh, Blizz at photo underscore lies L-Y-Z-E-D. Uh, you can follow uh, what is his name today? Eddie. You can follow <laughs> You can follow Eddie at Bojack on Apple Music, Spotify, and SoundCloud. That's where you originated from, bro. I don't know why I said that. Um, no. Yeah. And you can send in emails on our... on our. Uh, you can send us questions on our Gmail, which is whereamigoingcast at gmail.com. Um... Don't spread Roko's basilisk. Just That's the number one tip. The less people who know about it, the less likely it's going to happen. Very so. cool. So, there you go. Um, this has been Can't You See Where I'm Going. That's, that's, that's it. it. Bye. 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 Bye.